you know, as you get bigger, you get bigger and you become, you employ those practices, you bring in those processes. Not saying that that is, you ha- that's going to happen, like you live long enough to see yourself become the villain, but some people do. Stone brewing does. Like you end up becoming like those corporations that you hate, that you said you hated when you started. And thanks to Crime Malt, this is Brews News Week. My name is Matt Kirkegaard, the editor of Australian Brews News, and as ever, I'm not joined by Pete I Mitchell. Know, it's weird, isn't it? I know. So uh, I'm joined by, as the, that voice that you just heard, as <laughs> regular listeners will know, is Claire Boom Boom Burnett, <laughs> uh, senior Hello. journalist for Australian Brews News. Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Crime Malt with over 25 years in the field. Crime Malt are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. Your premium brewing partner and proud sponsors of Brews News Week, and we do genuinely appreciate everything that Crime Malt do to make this show possible. Um, with or without Pete Mitchum, who won't be joining us today because uh, as we're all working from home um, and you know, we're thinking of everybody that is back in uh, lockdown, uh, but Pete's apparently got an arborist coming to remove a tree and if anyone's ever had a, a chipper operating mm. anywhere within a kilometre of the house, they know that for your audio pleasure, yes. Pete has volunteered to not um, join us on the podcast. That's it. And Jimmy Gold uh, won't be joining us because I think it's technically because he had an early start at work today because he's back uh, yes. employed again. Yes. But he Congrats also Jimmy. ran 100, 100 miles on oh the weekend. Oh, my God. I messaged him yesterday and said, how are you doing? He said, healing. <laughs> I was like, just about then. <laughs> Anyone who follows Jimmy on Facebook, um, and we might even see if we can post a photo. Um, we should. Sort of acknowledging it. What an achievement. A broken, you know, because it was... For, for Brisbane, it was cold and wet, um, you know, and, and running 100 miles. Mm. <laughs> like running 100 miles is, quite frankly, ridiculous. Um, oh, yeah. But mental. Absolutely yeah. mental. Then to sort of make it that extra bit harder uh, with running for 20 hours through constant cold, drizzling rain. Mind you, I would have thought that would be quite nice. Because oh, when you heat up... In, yeah, but it's like not for 20 hours. Uh, yeah, Maybe if you're out doing your 5K run. Yeah, um, I'm not doing any more Like I that. do. Um, <laughs> yeah, so but, uh, congratulations to Jimmy. But uh, So Jimmy uh, won't be joining us either. Um, but that doesn't mean, just because we don't have our regular co-host, that doesn't mean that it hasn't been a big news uh, week. Um, and, oh, I mean, where do we start? Literally. Um, and there's more on, than on the list as well. There's, like, more, there's than more stuff going on. <laughs> going on the list. And uh, look, let, let's start with a bit of a, depending on where you are, look, it's, it, it's an interesting story and it's one that, you know, potentially <laughs> having seen some of the, 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 the comments, um, it might generate some eye rolls. But uh, yeah, I'm not going to eye roll on this one. Um, we, we, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. but uh, CUB, um, in the face of a mounting uh, consumer-led campaign of... Uh, adherence to the Resch's brand. Um, Carlton United Breweries is bringing back the uh, iconic Resch's Silver Bullet um, after a long-running campaign by the Resch's Appreciation Society. And not only that, but the Resch's Appreciation Society, in in a very smart move, (laughs) Resch's uh, Appreciation Society are getting um, labelled on on, on the the, the carton. Which is so cool. I bet they love that. I spoke to Matt Henricks, the chap who founded it, and he said he founded it on like a drunken bucks party because they kept wittering on about how they couldn't find any rashes on this box pie and they really wanted some so that it came of that and I was like this is mental I had to obviously being a total foreigner I was like I don't understand what's the 
appeal with rushes like why do you love it so much why is this this can so important um and just the passion that comes through and all the just the craziness any brewer I said this I reposted it on my own Instagram and I said anyone that's got this kind of like passion in their fandom you know they've done something right there through no fault of their own that's one of the things you know one of the reasons like we don't write about this beer tastes of this, you know, you're going to get hints of coconut and yeah, things yeah. like that. We They're, don't do reviews. We, 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 but, we, you know, and, and we don't sort of do, you know, because that's very subjective. And I think, you know, beer is a different product. You know, I think it's possibly a little bit more relevant in wine. But beer is just such a complex um, beverage that, you know, we bring as much to what we drink as the drink brings to us. And this is a great example of that. You know, they are so passionate about it. Um, and when you read the, the, the Facebook page, you know, they mm-hmm. sort of talk about, we don't want any of that imported Melbourne muck. And you go, well, <laughs> you're getting imported Melbourne muck. Or, or, imported it, 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 Queensland muck. Queensland muck, <laughs> yeah. And it probably comes from the same wort stream mm. with just a little bit of tinker, you know, yeah, tinkering yeah. and fiddling um, as the, the, the stuff that you love to hate. But that's not what it's about. Um, and the, the, the Resh's Appreciation Society has exploded. People feel like they belong to something in the same way that all of the Facebook um, beer groups, including Radio Brews News, mm-hmm. people feel like they're part of something and they identify with something about that. And, you know, like I, I think that a lot of the people who are active in our Facebook group like to be inside industry knowledge and have mm. you know they, they don't want to sort of see who can out meme each other they want to yeah, have yeah. intelligent and feel like they're part of a the most intelligent facebook beer group on on, <laughs> on the internet actually <laughs> i will totally as as a member of several beer facebook groups i'm willing to back that with my own i'm, I'm willing to, to <laughs> um, found anecdote research ends yeah. um you know uh, I'm, I'm quite happy to say that but yeah look and and it, you know, it, 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 it's really exciting. It says, um, for, for, for listeners, um, I Claire obviously isn't a, a local, and so she didn't grow up um, with the magnificence that was 1980s Forex um, commercials. Oh, um, my God. We, we watched them. We watched them yesterday. So I showed her, and you know, I can still sing the Forex jingle, um, which I'm, I'm sure I would love um, that. ABAC Please and Fair that. probably... Uh, <laughs> it, it's fodder for them, because as it, you know, these were... Um, jingles that played in when I was 11 and 12 mm-hmm. and you know you had the Australian um, cricket captain Alan Border who mm-hmm. was a legend um, and you, you would sing them because mm-hmm. you were emotionally invested in the brand that's and it. that's the way advertising works. And there were maybe. a lot of high risk activities going on in those adverts. So I'm <laughs> <saying> <laughs> that. Maybe the fact that a 12 year old remembered it um, <laughs> is proof positive to some of Fair's campaigns yes. about it. <laughs> <laughs> when alcohol should be advertised. But it was something that embedded itself in. And Resh's, you know, you can say what you want and you can sort of pull apart their arguments. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, and I'll, we might even put a link in the show notes to a discussion I had with Adam Ferrier, who was a consumer psychologist yes. who um, was on Gruen Transfer and we spoke about this very thing. And it was essentially, he was sort of saying, look, sometimes we want to be lied to, you know, if it gives us a justification mm-hmm. for doing what we want to do. Um, or we even lie to ourselves. Like I said to Matt, the Rush's appreciation chap, I was like, but it's not made in New South Wales because he said it was a travesty when the Blues had VB on their um, <laughs> thing. And he said it was like an abomination. It was the worst thing ever. And I was like, yeah, but Rush's is made in Queensland. Rush's is made in Yatala. And he said, oh, it's not really a big deal. Like, I've not really like said much about them to said, said much about it to CUB. Hopefully it means that um, more Queenslanders will 
Queenslanders will drink rushes. And I was like, yeah, all right, okay. Kind of see your point, but also... <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm just frantically going, I can't remember his name, James Hurd, um, yeah. who is an award-winning uh, wine director at Iceberg's Dining Room. You know, very, very well-known, highly celebrated wine um, sommelier. Very passionate about provenance, and when you talk to him about his wine list, you know he can tell you, you know, about the provenance and the story behind the wine, um, and you know his passion about those sorts of things. He took the um, Twitter handle at Reshes. He discovered it was available, but That's he crazy. he he loved it. Yeah. And if you go back, there was a podcast I did with him probably three or four years ago. We were sort of talking about it, and I sort of said, you know, why Reshes? Like, you know, I love. And I think it was on Mike. I'll have to go back and listen oh, to yeah. it. But I'm pretty sure he said, um, you know, and the thing I love about Reshes is you can only get it around here. So it's the local beer. And I said, is it? You know, but you know that <laughs> it's, it's not right. made in New South Wales. <laughs> and there was kind of like this moment where, you know, you told him that there's no such thing as Santa Claus. Um, <laughs> Cruel man. But then he just ploughed on. And he mm. goes, well, look, you know, it's still what it represents. And yeah, you're yeah. going... But if I came to you and sort of said, well, this wine represents the best of the Champagne region of France, <laughs> but it was made down the road, um, yeah, you yeah. know, in an industrial shed. He'd have kicked off. He would have kicked off. But, you know, beer isn't wine and it's mm-hmm. very, very different. But it's it just shows, you know, that the the magic of brand. And mind you, it also incidentally says the fact that CUB, which is very fiercely protective of its... Um, yeah, uh, if it's IP. Of its IP didn't you know that's how devalued the brand was um, i wonder if he's been asked by cub to buy it how would he can you sell it to eric i'm sure I'm just, I, I, yeah surely you can i, I would have thought so unless you, they, you'll just hand over the login and then they would just sort of delete everything and sort of repost oh, or whatever they'd pay could could be a little payday for him mm. then yeah if, if cub want it back if they're gonna well if cub want it back but yeah. it says so much about that um, they just let it go by the wayside yep. and they just didn't care about it as a brand and then suddenly they're like, oh, yeah, actually this could work. Mm. Um, but we did the piece last year on Emu Export and Reshers, and they were both exactly the same, not made in their states, but associated with their states. Um, and they, as they'd both fallen, by the way, said Lion had let Emu Export go. But they've seen this weird hipstery resurgence. Well, that's the, that, <laughs> that's the funniest thing about. about this is the the, the, the guys from Russia, oh, you don't want any of that hipster Melbourne, you know, <laughs> and I think they actually used the word punsy um, in, on, in, in, in the look. Facebook uh, group. Um, you know, we don't want it. When their love of, uh, you know, hipster is a word that is much overused, but they mm-hmm. use hipster much, you know, like um, it, it is the ultimate hipster beer because they're harking back to this fantasy time um, that you know, and you know, the, the psychologists love these sorts of things because they talk about you know, it's it gives you the comp- mm-hmm. you know, it reminds you of your youth and when things were simpler and all of these things, and you're projecting all of that onto something that is just a a, a beer label and a beer brand. Yeah. But that's what we do, um, and that's what good advertising is, and that's what good marketing is. And um, anyway, yeah, so it was, it was a great story. It says so much about the beer industry that CUB mm-hmm. completely and the power of the brand. Like if you yep. get that brand right. You can do so much with it, and you will have this grassroots, like genuine, passionate, slightly rabid fan base that will do anything for it, and is all about that, and will go out of their way. They go to venues all over New South Wales, wherever it is, where they can find rashes. And it's something that you can't recreate. Like you couldn't sit there and have a like a viral media campaign trying to create because it, it would be seen through. But this yeah. is something that like it's built over ten years. Yeah. Um, and it's really escalated lately. And I, I wonder how much of it is, you know, as people see um, 
they're overwhelmed by the choice that they see in, in, in the beer world these days and it's almost a retreat to the simpler times and a rebellion against having too much choice that they can just go to something that they once knew. And, um, you know, it, it's something that you couldn't recreate. You couldn't manufacture it in a marketing department or you certainly couldn't do it with any confidence of success. Um, and they've been, it, it's been really clever the way that CB has actually resisted and resisted it. Um, but That's part of the appeal for them, I think, isn't it? That they're like, they don't, CB don't want it, but we want it. <laughs> yeah, and if, if you look at the Facebook feed, they've been gradually... Um, Yes, of talking about oh, I contact in CUB or you know I know the the, the local yeah, rep yeah. and it, it you can tell that it's been something that has gradually uh, come in and I'd, I've been looking I I know it was something that I, I got an email because we talked about um, Reshes a couple of weeks ago probably having a little bit of a laugh um, as we at do Reshes as the brand but not yeah. making fun of the people or the group but just no, sort no. of holding up some of those contradictions in the thing um, that is also the thing that we also celebrate um, uh, about it but I think it was Steve. Levin, sorry, Steve, uh, if if I'm misquoting you, but he's a member um, of the. Uh, if it wasn't Steve Levin, um, I'm doing this uh, without notes. Um, but sort of saying that it was a that the whole group was a triumph in, you know, the way that that group has built itself around. You know, so so you could almost have an, an imaginary beer product, and they've sort of created it for for all that Resh's was in the market. But they have created something and they've got such amazing engagement. And it's a really supportive group that mm-hmm. people belong to, that it's as much about being a member of the, the – the, it's why we join clubs. Mm-hmm. We have a sense of belonging and that belonging is around a beer. So, yeah, anyway, really, really nice little story. I just wanted to look at the little intro bit on their Facebook page. And um, it says, our state beer, lol, is being crowded out of the market by inferior product, being brought in by selfish Victorians and Taswegians with bad taste. <laughs> Charming. Well, <laughs> I, I'm sure t- they haven't updated that for over 10 years. We, we, we might see that. Yeah, um, that's true. What's a Taswegian? Tasmanian. So oh, like oh, right. Okay, so, so, I thought so, that. I thought it might have been a mix of. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. The next story is refermentation issue prompts a sour beer recall. Ballistic Beer Company is issuing a product recall notice for Twang Brambleberry Sour. Um, all retail stores effective immediately. Um, so yeah, look, just something that they, you know, I, I thought they handled. Um, very well. It was an issue that came to light over the weekend. They moved very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't tell everyone that you should just refrigerate it better, <laughs> that, which, is, uh, which is nice. Well done, Ballistic. It's your fault. The if bar it, was low. It's your fault if it explodes <laughs> because you didn't look after the beer properly. Um, no, they didn't no, say they that. No, they did not say they, that. They, they were very good. Um, yeah. But yeah, and it was funny, the, the way that it was picked up, and I think it's a sign of how, you know, when you go to Product Standards Australia or the... Um, uh, C website, you see the number of recalls that take place every week you know, around the country. Very few of them are regarded as newsworthy to be picked up by mainstream news sources. This was. I mean, I don't know if you saw this come up in your... Yeah, my dad messaged me and said, have you got this? And I was like, yeah, dad, obviously I've got this. <laughs> Thanks, though. But the interesting thing was, you know, on one hand, if you're the brand owner, you go, oh, God, like not only do the people that had to know about it, but... It's, it's in the mainstream media, mm. Channel 7 mm-hmm. doing it. But I, it, it was almost one of those good news, bad news stories because yeah. all of the stories, yes, it's not a, a good look in a sense, but the media covered it, which says a lot about craft beer is actually inherently newsworthy, mm-hmm. um, which is a big tick for an industry. But secondly, they actually covered it. They didn't 
um, make light of the the situation. There was no latest hipster beer blows up or something. They mm-hmm. sort of talked about it. And every time Ballistic was mentioned, mm-hmm. it was mentioned in context with all of the awards that they've won. Um, <laughs> you know, highly regarded was one, yeah. uh, which is excellent. You know, great. Yeah, we like um, that. And then they also explained the re fermentation issue um, <gasps> in, in, in the, the media. So, oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, and a couple of the ones I saw. Um, Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. For, for the ones that didn't just list the um, recall, um, some of them actually talked about it. Um, and they sort of said that, look, it's not a safety issue. There's nothing a problem with the beer. It's just re-fermentation beer. And if you want to dig a little bit deeper or maybe overanalyze um, the, the media coverage. Do you like to do that? That's what, <laughs> that's what people are here for, I presume. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought it was a really good sign for the craft beer industry that – there is this level of interest that the mm-hmm. ma- the mainstream media regard beer, but then also they went to some efforts, by and large, to handle it responsibly. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that the interest was there to explain it, and as you say, not sensationalise it just for the clickbait, was it's quite nice. It says a lot about how the media and inter- mainstream media interact with beer, which is good. Which is, is very, very new, because even there was another news story last week um, that came up in my feed that the Queensland government launched their brew lab, you know, officially launched the brew lab and, and, and the TAFE, and they had Channel 7 along. And they covered that in terms of showing a bunch of louts at the cricket, toasting, you know, they may or may not have had watermelons on their head, um, but, you know, it, that was the opening footage. Whenever you see wine, you don't see people lying around, um, you know, with empty goon bags, um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, beside did. them, it's and the image that beer is portrayed at um, is is normally we've got a long way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so for for a, a potentially negative story, it was nice to see the, the the way they covered it. Cool. Moving on, Amazon signs up to ABAC, online advertising giant Amazon.au has signed up to the alcohol beverages advertising code scheme a month after it launched its beer, wine, and spirits platform. Now, I don't think I thought this was going to blow up. On, like, social media and stuff. Everyone, what was that? Well, I just thought... <laughs> no, that was the last story. Oh. No, no, it was. <laughs> Amazon. Sorry. No, 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 shut See up. See what I did there? Oh, that was terrible. Well, Pete would be proud. Pete would be so proud. Oh, God, I don't know if I want to continue now. Um, <laughs> so I thought it would go wild on social media um, because, obviously, everyone loves a good opinion about ABAC. But I think maybe just because it was Amazon, as in someone so far above your little brewery down the road, a multinational, huge corporation, like they kind of expect it. Like they expect that they would do something like that and become part of the system. Well, no one cares. Like it, it was a fairly niche um, industry yeah, story. Um, Super niche. Whereas a lot of things <laughs> that go on, you know, go live Very on, true. tend to be more consumer-focused mm-hmm. things. Um, but yeah, I was interviewed, look, yeah, you, you would expect them to. It's a major retailer. Um, they want to show themselves as being corporate and socially yeah, responsible. responsible. Um, but it also shows their sort of dedication to this beer, wine and spirits platform that they're really they're not keen on it. They're not doing it by half, are they? Um, well, yeah, you'd presume so. Then again, they open, you know, tens of millions um, dollar shipping facilities True. that then they close and move somewhere else. So I think an ABAC fee just to... Yeah, that would be like pocket change. Yeah, find it down the side of the sofa. (laughs) Um, But I I also think that it was important for the industry, and that obviously, if you want to be listed on Amazon, you have to be a signatory. And we always bang on about it. 
like how it is important if you don't want to get the government involved like to be part of it and if you want to get listed in you down murphy's and you bws and all that kind of stuff um and now that's just another it's another platform that you need to um that you need to be ABAC compliant on so just one of my mantras if if we don't do it someone else will come in and do it um and you know say what you want about ABAC and yes I make mistakes sometimes their adjudications look silly which is more the nature of the complaints than the decision itself but you know it's better to have them than not have them long term that's it given that certain agencies now have a certain label on packaging and their campaigning is going to look elsewhere they're going to be looking for their next enemy oh god Nice little story from last week. Bowls Club reaps rewards of going indie. A Queensland Bowls Club has invested in indie beer and turned the fortunes of the club around. Yeah, this one was, I thought, ahead of Indie Beer Day. Like, we didn't want to just do, like, a fluff piece, just a cotton candy. Oh, isn't it nice? I wanted to... Isn't... Yay, Indie Beer. Yeah. It'll do. I drank Indie Beer. I had a little private toast to to Indie Beer. That's the one. Um, But, yeah, from... As Brews News as a platform, I was like, how are we going to talk about this? And Wade Curtis at Ballistic actually mentioned to me that this bowls club um, had taken on a load of indie beer taps. They got 10 indie beer taps. They used to buy their 4X from like the Dan Murphy's down the road. Didn't have a they were so club. small. They were tiny. They were like absolutely <laughs> minuscule. And uh, they were all volunteers and all that kind of stuff. And then they took on indie beer and they have blown up. They used to have like a handful of people in on the weekend and now they've got like dozens and dozens of people in this tiny little bowls club in Brisbane um, and their revenues have like more, well over quadrupled. Uh, they were doing like a grand or two a weekend and now they're doing seven. And it's just like, well, bloody done. And they used it as a marketing thing. And it we was we have seen a couple of other bowls clubs that you know have gotten rid of the pokies, for example, mm-hmm. because, you know, pokies kept a lot of clubs alive through the, you know, 90s um, and early 2000s but people don't necessarily want to go so like there's a pall that's cast over a venue when they've got pokies Mm -hmm. because pokies are designed you know they're they're put away in a corner you know and a lot of people don't want to go to your your local bowls club and have that feel of, of slightly seedy casino um when you're there with <laughs> sticky kids sticky carpets and things oh, you know yeah just <laughs> and and sad people losing money mm. um <laughs> you know sorry <laughs> sorry to the pokey players out there oh, okay. sorry, I'll, sorry. i will put five dollars through every now and then well, um, yeah. but yeah uh, anyway but, but they're not the people that keep bowls clubs afloat no that's true uh, they're not the like serious me. gamblers yeah um and, and so it's, it's really, really nice. I, I guess the reality check on, on that story is that it's a small little bowls club. Mm. It's a community activity. They don't have to pay staff. You know, when you're, um, you know, if, 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 if you've got a venue that's, you know, some of the hotels that have sold recently mm. for, you know, millions and millions of dollars, if you've got that sort of investment in, your mm-hmm. wages bill is, you know, $10,000 a week, maybe you sort of, you know, your mileage may vary a little bit, um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it was really nice to see. And it's, it's a great way to engage um, for the, the, the right sort of club. You know, the, the the offer for a bigger, more professional venue might have to be a little bit different. Yeah. Um, but that was also what was quite interesting. That That's it. it. There was a bit of a, um, a consortium. It wasn't just one brewery going in. It was the, the founders first going in. Yeah, and the Indie Craft Collective going in and saying, look, you can have all our beers on here. And they got helped out with marketing and all that kind of stuff. Which 
kind of Does sounds sound like, like a contract. Like it, it sounds contract which It's verging on a contract, I'd say. But it's an independent contract, yeah. Yeah, that's it. And speaking of, um, one thing that isn't on the list, but because I did it, I published it on the Thursday. And because we do the podcast on a Thursday morning, we miss all the good stuff. Like well, I don't get my arse into it's not in the, It's just not in the show notes. That's okay. That's so fine. We'll add it. You can That's tell okay. It. Yeah. Um, and that was the piece we did on Tap Contracts with um, Tim from Tim Fishwick from yes. White Baby. And also a couple of very lovely chaps. Uh, John O. Smith from the Blue Gum Hotel in, can you say this? Watara? Is that right? Do you know? How, it's how, in New South Wales. Um, how do you spell W-A-I-T-A-R-A. Watara. 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 That sounds all right, doesn't it? I've apologies to any of our listeners in Watara. <laughs> yeah, apologies. If there are any. <laughs> yeah, anyway, and um, it was a really interesting one. We also spoke to um, a chap called Chris at the Caligeros Group, and they do Ragan. I can't remember the name. Ragan Famish? Yes, Ragan Famish, that's the one. Um, and they've both had interesting di- takes on it, in that, like, Jono was really, like, we love independent beer. We've only got tap. They've only got tap contract pubs around them. So what they offer is way different from all their competitors within a half mile radius, maybe more. And um, so I think in what we were saying about Weller's Bowls Club is that you can use craft beer as a marketing tool. It's not just a nice thing to have. You can use that to sell your venue as well, which is really interesting. Um, Chris was a much quite balanced about it because he was like we do have CUB taps as well um but we haven't let them anybody overtake us or tell us what how we should what we should have if the beer doesn't work it it's going off I don't care if we've got a tap Mm. contract and I was like absolutely respect on that you've got to make sure it works in your venue as much as you might want to support independent beer or you have that tap contract with the big brewers it's got to work for your venue you can't just have it because you're tied in it's got to be what your consumers want otherwise you'll just have be sitting on loads of kegs getting old in the corner and you know like it or not be passionate about craft beer or not but more than 80 percent of beer consumed in australia is still mainstream traditional beer Absolutely. um you know the you, you can't get away from it and so you know i as somebody who has spent a sort of career uh championing people drinking beer because I, I i love it and the more people that um are engaged in it the more interesting and vibrant the industry is going to be there are a whole lot of venues that um even if you know i, I would steer them into craft beer and preferably indie beer um for for their business but i, I wouldn't necessarily say put a 4x logo on the front of your hotel because that's actually going to tell people send the wrong message mm-hmm. but i'd have it in the fridge where people can't see it because someone who wants a four X is going to ask. Beer. Well, not not really because I I, I take your point that um you project you know going back to Reshes like you project something with with your advertising and with the things that you say and the iconography that you use um you know to to sell your business you project something um and if you are a craft beer venue or you want to attract a craft beer consumer but you've got Forex bunting all over the venue, people are going to be confused. There's going to be that dissonance that happens. Are they a craft beer venue? Why have they got that out there? But at the same time, there's a lot of audience for it. So, you know, have the Forex tap you know, around the corner, not on the main bank, mm-hmm. which incidentally is one of the reasons why, you know, when we looked at that story about tap contracts, the tap contracts all specified 
um, we want to have this placement on the main bank, you know, um, this they many taps. Very specific. Very specific. Yeah. This is the order that we want the beers in because they know the value um, and that that drives sales. And conversely, if you do want to play with craft beer, you know, don't be talked into um, having your, your staff wearing a Forex branded uniform because mm-hmm. as a consumer, are you going to ask the person that's got like an old school yeah. brand? questions about the new craft beer um, yeah you, you won't expect them to know anything you won't ex- yeah what and that's what that's what Jono said he was all about that and just a bit like it he understood he said he is like i understand it's a lot of money and a lot of things that you will get if you sign a tap contract and some of that money and some of that marketing and whatever is going to be so hard to turn down mm. like if you're struggling or if you're just starting out or what have you if you're not a developed brand that can that's experienced that has that ability to choose then it makes sense that you would do something like a tap contract but there are other options and I think that the the few pieces we've done over a couple of weeks really point that out that you don't need to have a tap contract to make it work it's useful and helpful and I'm sure <laughs> lots of publicans will be like what are you talking about that's mental but it's it's doable um and I don't know whether that calls into question whether we should even bother like getting tap contracts banned or trying to get them banned. Like, what do you think, Matt? Is it because it's going to be such a hard slog? Like, that's going to be hard budging work. It, it's it's one of those really, and you know, like I've I've had my road to Damascus moments um, through. Like, I've railed against tap contracts mm-hmm. you know, in the in the early days because you you did see that they shut out a lot of craft brewers. But then at the same time, I had you know a lot of people from the big breweries who read my stuff saying, "But the thing you don't understand is that." Quite often, it's the publican asking us mm-hmm. for the tap contract, or you know, the bank is asking them who's your contract with because that's a guaranteed cash flow um, that they they know that they've got. Um, and there is this whole mechanism that has to be broken down in the background for tap contracts, you know, f- for the the industry to move away from tap contracts and and the upheaval that just banning them outright. Um, People would get around it, mm-hmm. um, you know. People yeah. would. Yeah, there isn't an alternative. If we ban them, what you what's what going to replace it with? Tap con- taps wouldn't necessarily change. No. Um, you know, it, it's. I, I think that they are a dead weight um, on on the industry. They um, do slow uptake of craft beer and, and new and interesting beers because, as we've seen from experience, the bigger businesses, because of their business models are much slower to respond to changing consumer tastes because they are so heavily invested in the old consumer tastes. Um, they, they find it very, very hard to innovate. They very, very find it very, very hard to lead um, with, with, with things and so to drive change. Um, it was expressed by one uh, beer marketer, you know, we pull the oar that moves the boat, um, which is just such a marketer thing to say. <laughs> um, so, you know... If, if you're going to be honest and see both sides. Um, but for, for me, my real um, you know road to Damascus moment was every small brewer, brewer 20 years ago hated tap contracts. Mm-hmm. You know, they all railed against them until start, some of them started to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and funnily enough, it became quite convenient and effective to craft have a tap brewers contract. Craft brewers, <laughs> as an, as, you know, if I'm going to lump 
them in in mm. stereotypes. Small businesses hate anything that they can't do mm-hmm. because that's unfair. Yeah. As soon as you can do it, um, and you know, like you see a whole range of things. You know, using um, adjunct sugars um, in a beer it was bad because the big brewers did it mm-hmm. until suddenly we've got the summer <laughs> of pastry stouts. Um, you know, uh, using enzymes in a beer we don't use anything artificial to our beer um, until we do brewed IPA. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and one of the last remaining holdouts for many craft brewers at the moment is pasteurisation. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to compromise on my beard, you know, and pasteurise it. And my argument is that's only because you can't afford a pasteuriser. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anyone that can afford a pasteuriser is pretty much pasteurising yeah, yeah, their exactly. beer. Because um, the big bottle chains like to know that their beer isn't going to do a referment. Or yeah. explode in the. Well, they, they, if if you say to them this beer is fine and we haven't pasteurised, they'll be like, mm, I think you'll be less likely to be listed in a bottle shop. Not saying you won't, but that's going to be a consideration for the, the second shop. you, you sell your beer outside of your own venue where you control mm-hmm. every element, um, the glass that it's in, the way yep. that it's poured, the way your staff are trained, the way they speak about it, everything from then on. Is a gradual compromise in what you're willing to accept, um, and like you know, that, that, that's not that's again, I get myself into trouble because I say these things and then I have to explain. But it's not a criticism. Um, you know, life is a compromise. Um, you know, we, we we all have to get on in society. We all have to make our businesses work. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, craft brewers when they get to a size that they can actually exercise a little bit of influence in the market. They use that size and scale. It's why one of the reasons you, you want to grow. So you get your costs down. Mm-hmm. You can sort of offer better deals. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that takes the form of a contract. We'll paint a mural on the side wall of your, your venue if you give us a guaranteed two taps, mm-hmm. you know, um, all of that sort of stuff. And it's, you know, it, it, it's part of the business. Um, and sometimes it does go too far where you're actually excluding um, choice and things like that and, uh, you know, it, 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 but it's such a difficult argument that we've had around independence. Mm-hmm. I love independence, but then, you know, independence doesn't guarantee good beer. Independence doesn't. Actually, Phil Cook, um, shout out to Phil Cook, um, wrote a post uh, on to mark Independence Beer Day, Independent Beer Day, where he dissected independence. Um, and Phil's one of the, I think Phil's actually doing his third degree and his current one is oh, wow. in philosophy. So in the dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, he, uh, a, a great thinker, um, but dissected it, you know, and he looks at the number of independent breweries that have shitty employment practices or, you know, he decided too that he won't drink because of their misogyny or things like that. They're independents. They get to wear an independent logo um, and the independents logo doesn't discriminate about any of those things either. Um, and, you know... As we saw with Stone Brewing and Sawstone this week. Did you... That was... Do we want to talk about that? Do we want to talk about that? I'm not sure. People... That guy's response was... Horrible though. That would look what a horrible person. <laughs> again, I, I, he trigger he does trigger me because he is just so entitled. He is just such. What's a, his name again? Greg Cook. Greg Cook. Um, yeah, I can't remember. You know, just had to sort of say, you know, some people credit me brackets and stone with being a positive force in the <laughs> ongoing narrative of craft beer. You know, <laughs> stroke away. You um, absolute punk. Anyway, but look. 
this is one for the lawyers. You know, it's to, to me it seems a bit of overreach, um, but it's also in this grey area. And uh, there was a story on Brewbound that we might link to, um, mm-hmm. talking about a lawyer, and I'm sure we'll get an email from our um, good friend James Omond, um, who is an expert, uh, an Australian leading expert in uh, um, IP law. Mm-hmm. Free ad there for you, James. Um, <laughs> but the the, the American um, guys have said, look, it's 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 a sliding scale. You know, if you call yourself the Brisbane Stone Brewing Company, mm-hmm. there's a huge potential for you know if you call yourself Chitty Chitty Bang Bang Stone Soaring. Um, <laughs> thing, not so much. Yeah. Um, the, the absolute use of stone, mm-hmm. and you know, if, if one thing that we saw with the, the 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 CUB trademark battle a couple of years ago, if you're not defending your trademark, you can lose it. And, and any form of court action, having to defend, if somebody wants to make you vacate or force you to vacate it, it's expensive. But I mean, the whole point of that relating back to our main point, our original. Did point, we have a point? We oh, I don't know. <laughs> can't remember anymore i'm sure we did um but was that you know as you get bigger you get bigger and you become you employ those practices you bring in those processes not saying that that is you that's going to happen like you live long enough to see yourself become the villain but some people do stone brewing does like you end up becoming like those corporations that you hate that you said you hated when you started but the bigger you become the bigger your risks yeah. Which is which is incidentally, and, and that's you know like one of the things I still am willing to die in the ditch on, um, <laughs> is the thing that makes small independent brewers worth supporting is they are small, they're dynamic, they are the ideas generators of the the entire industry, um, and the things that they do, you know, and, and it's also why I'm not going to hate on pastry stouts and peanut butter crumble ridiculous <laughs> things because some of it sticks, some of it doesn't. It mm-hmm. creates a lot of noise and excitement. It gets people it. engaged in beer. You've got to try it to see what works. They probably yeah, won't right. be here next week, um, most of them. But the thing, but you know, somebody is going to come up with an idea that is going to become the next Pilsner mm-hmm. or it's going to become the next Belgian uh, triple or it's going to become the next wit beer um, and it's going to have this long life cycle. And we, we don't know now what that's going to be, and it's craft brewers that do that. Um, big brewers can't have that because their risks are so much bigger mm-hmm. um, and the the ideas pipeline is so much longer that they can't respond. Um, and my personal you know, residual hate, hatred about it is when you've got big businesses that have made the compromises that they've made and are getting the benefits of that compromise are then portraying themselves as being something other than that they are because well, that's why we didn't like Brewdog for a while there because we felt that they were becoming what they kept saying that they hated they, that they hated yeah we, we don't like hypocrisy well, yeah, <laughs> we yeah. aren't fans no yeah, perfectly summed up yeah so, and, and that's the thing so you know um, and if if you pretend to be something like if if you say this and you're clearly not. Um, so, but anyway, I don't know. Yeah, that was a whole rabbit hole. I, th- I yeah, thought it was we going to be a very short. We went far then. Well, people that are running, um, it would have been a very short run if we'd not sort of uh, disappeared down that little uh, <laughs> rabbit hole. Um, in other news, um, the Australian National Beer Awards was unfortunately cancelled. Actually, we ho- so hopefully we didn't put the mockers on that last week. We um, um, that was yeah, it was a week oh, ago. So yeah. we we sort of talked about things I like root have, and yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> um, Whoops. Well, I, again. Like, it, it, there was so much planning involved in in these things. With us about to enter August, um, and a couple of 
people who, you know, are infuriating Brisbane who have just come to to, to Queensland. Oh and my God! Potentially, li- allegedly, lied. Um, you know about it, and mm-hmm. you know you, you don't want to go back to the days of having public um, stocks in the middle of the square <laughs> where we pelt them with it, which is what social media is to mm. some extent. And the Courier Mail posted all their names and, and stuff the like photo, that. And, and, like, and which was yeah, like a bit of a dog whistle to yeah, racism and They're stuff. Just anyway, stupid idiots. But do they deserve doxing like that? Probably not. Probably yeah. Well. It remains to be seen if it closes down a whole state, you know. Well, yeah, fair enough. That's that's the, but that's a whole other discussion. But um, we we don't know. You know, they were in the community for a week. We see what's happened in Melbourne with a couple of security guards who decided to get amorous with. Um, <laughs> you know, it, that's all it takes. Um, but anyway, but when when you're making decisions in four months based on now. Mm-hmm. Um, that must be so hard. My heart goes out to anyone organising an event, or and you just have to be so fluid and ju- work on your feet. And, and sometimes events just aren't like that. Sometimes you need a date, <laughs> like you yeah. need the date. You need to know when it's going to happen. But speaking to brewers, um, you know, uh, around the country at the moment, you know, they're watching what's going on. And we got to the stage where beer was starting to to go out again, and you know, we're making beer today. What is our product mix going to be? In three, four weeks, when it, you know, do we want to package this, or are we going to have our tap room open, or mm-hmm. do we need to book our canning line guys to come in and yeah. things like that? And uh, oh, yeah, how many kegs do we want to fill? How many kegs close? do we need to order? How yeah. many cans do we need to order? Which all have cash. Um, it, it's just, I, I, yeah, um, so hard. As I said, my tiny little um, news business, um, independent news business. You know, it, it's it's hard enough running that. I wouldn't want to and. and we just respond to news as it as it happens. Um, we do go looking for it. <laughs> well, no, I, I don't think that's fair. We do go looking for what matters. We do try that's and look true. over the horizon to uh, help brewers ne- negotiate these uncharted waters. But we do. Um, I, my heart goes out for anyone that's uh, sort of in those, you know, with staff and expensive leases and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, that's uh, crazy, and yeah. people don't lie. Stay home. Accept the inconvenience. Uh, I know that. We're not speaking to anybody, but you know, but also be kind to human frailties. Um, you know, we don't want to go medieval on people, no matter how much <laughs> we privately would like to. <laughs> One another thing that is not on the list, but Pink Boots Australia president steps down. Yes, Ali, was, Ma- was Ali that, McDonald. That story hasn't I, gone up no, yet. No, I why. haven't published it yet. Um, so Ali McDonald is stepping down after three years, and so is Zoe Ottaway, vice president. Um, and just thanks to Ali, basically, what a legend. She's done so much for women in the industry. She's done so much for the organisation. And Zoe as well. Like and yeah, uh, absolutely. Both as ambassadors the whole board for it. Done some amazing stuff. Um, she's done, they did an agreement with the proper pick, with the proper, the main US Pink Boots Society, which was apparently like a global first. Mm. Um, they've automated the membership thing. They've got so many more women involved. And even just being... Speaking personally, I met the guys at the AGM, or should I say the girls at the AGM? <laughs> I wasn't sure whether to wait in there. Bit of both. I, I, um, I know I yeah. do it. Anyway, yes. yeah, they. I met them at the AGM last year at BrewCon, and they are such an amazing bunch of people, just so bloody knowledgeable and so welcoming, and it just made you want to be part of the industry and not feel alienated or anything like that like they were so welcoming it was amazing and so yeah thanks Alan. Uh, just go thanks, back Zoe. and listen to the you know had an amazing response to the chat i had with um ali just a couple of weeks ago um 
just yeah, the, the 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 listener feedback was great. And if you haven't listened to it, if you're working your way um, back through it, just sort of scan down through your list and uh, listen to it because it was awesome. And also the three part I did with uh, Terry Farendorf, who was the founder of Pink Boots. That I just sat down with the mic starting, and <laughs> it was it was at Brucon <laughs> two years ago, and. I literally had people coming up and going, I just kept coming back and you were still talking and you were still talking. <laughs> and it, it ended up having to be a three-parter because it was oh just God. such an amazing chat um, with about her career and Malt and about, yeah, so. Um, Fantastic. Cool. So, yeah, so uh, that story will be up today, but yep. it's not in the show notes. So by the time you listen to this, you'll be able to see it in the show notes. Um, let's see what else is in the show notes. Listen to feedback. Now, um, Gabs, as usual. Did you do Gab's Can Awards? Gab's Can Awards, yeah. Oh, we, 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 we're Gabs pushing Gabs. out. Well, it, it, it's a very visual thing. So go mm. looking on the website or go looking. It, it, listeners, if you are Instagram, um, in Instagram, now, for a long time we resisted Instagram um, because we didn't really have We were flat out just yeah, doing what we, we don't we, have the resources originally. What we want to do. Um, but. Um, and it was also Instagram was much more consumer focused, and we see ourselves as being much more industry focused. And the newsletter was our focus, but we we have started increasing because there is a lot of stuff that we get from brewers that take paid subscriptions to the site, um, and so it gives them a little bit of a boost. But then also there is a whole lot of stuff that is very visual that just lends itself to mm-hmm. Instagram, and these can awards are one of those things. So jump on our Instagram. It's, I think it's just Osbrews News at Osbrews News. Yeah. Which is our uh, Instagram, and you can sort of see a selection of the cans and get in and vote for your favourite because it's the the, the language. Some really cool ones out there as well. The design language of beer is so different now than you know. Once upon a time, there, there used to be a, a website that you could go in, and if you wanted to create your own beer label, um, and it was a couple of combinations of a wide rectangle, um, a inverted triangle, um, a shield, then with the sort of scrolling banner. At, up above and below and you can sort of picture all of the things on your classic mm-hmm. beer labels and the the architecture of beer design was just so formulaic that you could just do it um, <laughs> and it, it's changed and cans have done that and it was really really exciting from an industry point of view like we love gabs but again it's a consumer style event we love going down there we love trying the beers but it's not something that we that it is in our wheelhouse to, to focus on mm-hmm. um, apart from just supporting it generally because it's very much a consumer um, thing. But this is something, the design awards are something that we really want to get behind because it's a huge part of broadening the, uh, the, the beer footprint. So go and make sure you get in and celebrate some of the best designs. Now, just when we get to the mailbag, and don't forget you can review us on iTunes or send us an email to be in the draw for Letter of the Week. Uh, you can also join our Facebook group. Just search Radio Brews News and use the password Soapbox or... Just don't be a you know scammer who signed up to Facebook yesterday because <laughs> um, even if you don't know it. Um, but yes, and a, a very good reason of why um, reviewing us um, on the, the podcast is, is, is very, very important. Um, the Brews News podcast. There was a Brew News podcast that surfaced in the... What is this trash? The Australian podcast <gasps> uh, you know, results, um, which okay. is apparently an American... Uh, one and look, you know. Should we see them? Um, <laughs> but, but look, <laughs> no, this not. goes back to trademark. You know, um, yeah. Brews News. Um, it, it's a, it's a little bit like this morning. I was on touch with a guy who's the alcohol professor. Pete Mitchum is the beer professor. Uh, he's Professor Pilsner. There's yes, another guy in true. Australia called the um, beer professor. 
it's it's something you can't trademark. You know, Bruise News was an idea that we had. It, it stuck with us. People know it as us. Yeah. You can't defend it. Um, and it it rhymes. So like, yeah, if somebody else, <laughs> but if you like the podcast and you don't want to shell out some hard earns the way some of you have, um, please review us. You know, find Brew Radio Bruise News. Give us a review. Help bump us up the rankings so other people can find us um, and they don't confuse us with um, some fairly recent American podcast. Um, I'm just some, looking at them now, actually. As somebody says, said, oh, why would it. you just want news about one brew? <laughs> Thank you very much. Good one. That's a very Thank good you. point. Yeah, we like that. So, yes, very, very thin mailbag this week. Um, you can send a... We haven't received an old school letter. If anyone wants to send us a card or a you letter, you really a beer want postcard. a letter, do you? We had a letter the few months ago. We did have a few months ago, but it's PO Box sixty three, Red Hill, Queensland four zero five nine, and we will dig deeply into the prize bag for anybody that uh, send sort of him does a bloody that. letter, someone. Or just or a postcard. A, ooh, a postcard. Do they still, postcards? Do they still like, sell postcards? I don't know. I, I'm sure they do. My mum and dad sent me one from Africa when they went on safari. But if not. Producer at bruisenews.com.au. You will reach us um, and share your thoughts about the comments. If you want to give me a bollocking for anything I've said um, <laughs> today. Um, if you want to give me a bollocking, tell Matt. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm not touching that one. <laughs> you scare me. Um, <laughs> scary Clary, that's what I got Scary called. Clary. Um, appreciate that. Please, please uh, yeah, send us a card or a letter. Um, rate us, review us. You can give us some hard cash. Uh, there's some links in the show notes. But drink good beer. Drink indie beer. Drink the beer that you love. Um, and uh, wash your hands, as Pete would say. Um, and thank you very much for joining us on this edition of Brews News Week. Stay safe, stay well, and we'll talk to you next week. Boom. Don't forget, if you like what we do at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show, either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You can find details in the show notes. You can review our podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcasting service. Let us know what you think and help others discover the show. Finally, you can tell us directly what you think by sending an email to producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive a Brews News bottle opener, and thanks to our good friends at Beer Cartel, the letter of the week will receive a mixed six-pack of Australian craft beer. When Brews News cast and crew are buying online, we buy at Beer Cartel. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because beer is a conversation. <laughs> <laughs>